Well, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, beginning a new series uh, called He Is, uh, walking through essentially the whole book of John. We'll be uh, settling in this book, uh, really, for uh, the duration of the spring on through the summer. Uh, and so uh, my encouragement to you, first and foremost, is, hey, spend some time reading through uh, this book alongside of us. We'll be going chapter to chapter, uh, walking through the gospel of uh, John uh, together. Uh, great gospel, easy to read, right? Uh, and the focus is on uh, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, King Jesus. And so uh, before we dive into the text, I, though, I, I want to give some uh, background um, on uh, this uh, book. And, uh, and essentially, you know, what it's about, who wrote it, uh, so on and so forth, right? Uh, the book was written by a, a man named John, right? The, the disciple whom Jesus loved is who he's uh, described as here in the book. And, uh, and you know, his name uh, explicitly isn't uh, tied to uh, him uh, writing the book, but uh, we know and it's basically proven that uh, he was the disciple that wrote this book. He also wrote four other books in the New Testament, uh, first, second, and third John, the epistles or letters uh, of John, uh, as well as the book of Revelation. Uh, he uh, wrote that book there as well. Uh, we know that this writing took place uh, between 85 and 90 AD, which is significant because all the other gospels that were written were written before uh, AD 70, right before uh, the uh, destruction of the temple. And so in the book of John, uh, uh, you don't see really much reference of the temple uh, of Jerusalem uh, in there. And the reason being is because John wrote the, uh, his uh, uh, gospel after uh, the temple uh, came to be. And so uh, we see a lot about John. We know him as a guy that planted several churches, right, uh, after Jesus ascended into heaven, was a big part of the uh, uh, the church movement uh, within the first century. But we know him during uh, uh, the life of Jesus as one of Jesus' closest disciples. He was one of the three that was uh, there when Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. He was one of the three that was there when uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration, whenever Jesus right to transformed right into um, an eternal state there. He was there during that time. He was uh, there at the Garden of Gethsemane, right, when Jesus uh, asked for them to pray, man, and they fell asleep there in the garden right before he was going to be betrayed. Man. He was one of Jesus's closest uh, disciples. Uh, but what we'll see in this gospel is that it's different than the other three. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as uh, the synoptic gospels. Synoptic literally means similar, uh, right? But John is, is written from a uh, totally different perspective, right? Uh, same uh, center point, same centerpiece, right? Jesus, but uh, it's written from a, a different perspective. Um, totally different presentation of uh, the gospel. And lastly, the audience that we see John uh, writes to, although he, you know, he's uh, Jewish, you know, and has a uh, Jewish influence, we see the audience that he writes to found in John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world, one of the most famous verses of all time, right? Hey, this, uh, uh, this audience that John was writing to, man, it wasn't just for the Jewish, right? It wasn't just uh, for the Greek, it was for all, man. Uh, and the message that he's looking to portray is found in John 20, 31, right? Uh, uh, he's looking to share about this Jesus so that all may come to know him. The good news is, hey, if you're lost today, man, you can come to believe this uh, Jesus. And so that is a little bit about the background of the book of John. We're going to be in verse 1 
Uh, today as chapter one, verse one, we're going to read through verse 18, uh, this section known as the prologue, right? Uh, John's uh, uh, essentially his uh, uh, synopsis of uh, the main character of the gospel story here, um, his name being uh, Jesus the Christ. And so John chapter one, verse one, if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. And uh, if you don't have a word with you, it's all right. The verses will be on the screen. You can follow along. This is what the word of the Lord says. In the beginning was the word, capital W, and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, not John the Revelator, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Right. Uh, John the Baptist is known as uh, the last Old Testament prophet. Right. Came to, as the word says, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord. And that was his job. Verse nine, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Hallelujah. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, uh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. I've entitled the message today uh, uh, simply this, the real Jesus, the real Jesus. Uh, John, uh, the apostle, man, writes this prologue highlighting, right, who Jesus really is. Uh, Do you know? Do you know? Lord God, we love you. We do pray over these next few moments that you would uh, continue to speak to us, God. God, open our eyes to the truth, uh, God, of who Jesus really is, Lord. And God, may we choose to and answer the call to respond that John gives at the end of the book, Lord. We may believe in him, surrender to him. Those of us who are saved, we may choose to worship him to let him lead our life help us to see and the real jesus 
Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Brother Adam, um, I was a junior in high school. And uh, growing up, you know, my, my parents, man, they worked hard. But, I mean, we, you know, we were probably lower middle class socioeconomically. And so one of those kids, hey, time, come time for school, you buy your one pair of shoes and you got those the whole year. Don't mess them up. You know, y'all been there yet? And so one time my mom came back with a couple of pairs of shoes. And I noticed, hey, they were hey, some, hey, some fancy ones. I noticed she had a pair of uh, Jordans, right, which I never owned before. I'm thinking, man, okay, mom, I see you, you know, showing out. And then she had a pair of, uh, you know, uh, Air Forces, Nike Air Forces, man, another, you know, designer shoe, man. I was thinking, man, I'm going to fit in, man. I'm going fit, to fit in with the culture. And she came up to me and said, Arab, I bought these for you. And uh, and she said, man, I found a good sale, man. I got them two for twenty dollars. And I'm thinking I, the first thought I had was, oh, no, Jordans don't cost that, you know, that little. They usually cost a lot more than that. So they must not be real was what my thought was. But I'm thinking, man, hey, no one's going to notice. Right. No one's going to pay attention. I might as well go ahead and they put them on and, and wear them to school. Mistake. Put them on, walk in. Soon as I literally walk into the, the cafeteria, man, getting ready to go to my class, man, a couple of other football players, they point out me and they say, oh, man, look, hey, that boy Washington, man, he's got some fake Jordans on. He's got some fake shoes on. And I'm thinking, how could they see from that far away? Well, the design of the shoe, right, though it looked eerily similar, was not the same as uh, the true, right, uh, real Jordans. And then, right, the MJ Jumpman logo, right, to one of the legs was broken on my shoe that I had. It was kind of crooked. Whatever, you know, you saw, it, it, was, a, it was crooked. It, it didn't look right. The closer that you got. Hey, though it was eerily similar, right, they, they weren't the real things. Weren't the real things. You know where I'm going, but I'm going to go ahead and go there anyways, right? Hey, there's a lot of folks, some with, even within the life of the church, man that are worshiping and following a counterfeit Jesus may look real similar, may look real similar. Hey, you know, uh, you know, may sing songs about him and, and ascribe to some of the same characteristics as the real Jesus. But, but you're not following the real one, not following the real one. John here in John chapter one in this prologue, right? He gives detail about who the real Jesus is, real Jesus is. All throughout life, you know, throughout time, especially here within the last 20, you know, uh, 20 plus years, 20th century, 21st century, there have been many people who've claimed that they are uh, the Christ, right? Uh, some that have exhibited characteristics of him in, in their mind, right? But hey, they're, they're just names. They're just names. John, the revelator here, man, he speaks to uh, the true one, the one that has the name above every name. His name is Jesus. And the call for us and my hope today is that we would be folks that choose to ascribe and follow the real Jesus. The real. Real. We see John here give some descriptors, uh, two main descriptors about the real Jesus here that I want to highlight for us uh, today. The first descriptor is this. He starts out from the gate. He says this, the real Jesus existed before time began. The real Jesus existed before time began. Verse 1 speaks to it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That word, Word, Logos there, man, it speaks to Jesus Christ. 
speaks to himself, which, by the way, I'll go ahead and throw this in free of charge. Maybe you're like me and you got confused uh, growing up about Jesus Christ. You thought Christ was Jesus's last name. You ever been there? It, it, it's not right there. That, that word Christ, Christos, literally means anointed one, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. What that means, not, not his last name. If you've been confused about that for a while, it's all right, man. Welcome to the party. I, I was there. Right. I just want to go ahead and clear that. But we see here, right, that this Jesus, Jesus the Christ, man, he existed before time began, right? It speaks to this truth that Jesus, hey, is the uncreated one. Jesus, man, is transcendent, is above all. Right, Jesus existed before time began, which means this first sub point that I want to highlight and declare today, which is important, is this, that Jesus Christ is God. He's God. He's God. Says that there. I, I love the parallel between John chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Love what one commentator said. Says this, Genesis 1 1 contains uh, no hint of the creation of God. And here in John 1 1, there is no hint of the creation of Jesus. This is what sets Jesus apart from the other so-called gods. God's made by human hands and invented by human hands. Jesus himself, rather, has always existed. And because he's always existed, hey, here it is. He shares his nature and being with God. He has the same character and quality of, as God. Meaning this, hey, everything that's said about Yahweh God, right, can be said about Jesus the Christ. He is God. He's God. You need some verses to support that. We'll walk through this uh, first verse, right, uh, during one of the weeks. It's not going to be on the screen. I'll just go ahead and highlight to give you a reference here. John 8, 58. Remember when Jesus is talking in his ministry to the religious leaders of the time? Right. And, and he's sharing all these things. Hey, man, we're going to hey, the temple's going to get destroyed. Right. And they're like, man, it took us all that time to destroy the temple. And he's talking about how you're going to going to destroy it. And it's going to be raised up in three days. Right. Uh, and then they go on further to, to sh- you know, he goes on further to speak about how, you know, the Pharisees do about how uh, uh, Abraham was their father. Jesus himself answered in John eight fifty eight. He says this before Abraham was, I am. I exist before Abraham did. That's why you ought to choose to follow me. I existed before him. Remember what Hebrews 1, 3 says, right? The writer of Hebrews says that Jesus has the exact imprint or is the exact representation of the nature of God. He is the radiance of his glory. Hey, listen, friends, this concept, this reality of Jesus Christ being God is imperative to our Christian faith. It's one of those tier one theological issues. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ is God, man, can I just be real? You're not a Christian. Not a Christian. We've got to understand, man, that Jesus Christ, man, he is God. There was a heresy uh, that uh, uh, was popular in, in the early church that ended up being debunked um, at what, uh, during what was called the Council of Nicaea in 325 called uh, uh, Arianism, uh, which uh, was a movement. Uh, that uh, uh, basically shared that Jesus Christ was a created being. Uh, right? He was a created being. And sadly, there are many that believe that, that same truth uh, today. No, no, Jesus Christ, man, existed from the beginning. Man, he is God. He didn't evolve into becoming God. He didn't level up to be God once he got to heaven. He was God, he is God, and he always will be God. 
Jesus Christ is God. We see that first truth, right? Him existing from the beginning. He is God. But second truth, second sub point here, man, he existed since the beginning. It means that uh, means this, that Jesus Christ is creator. He's God, but man, he's also creator. Look back at the text. Make sure you know I'm not making it up. It says this. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Man, he is the uh, creator, creator. And we've got to choose to understand that fact, right? That proves the fact that he exists from the beginning. Colossians 1, 15 and 16. This verse is on the screen. You can see it here. Look what it says. It says this. He, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is a creator. Creator. I love that story of the Sunday school teacher who asked the class, excuse me, one day, hey, these beautiful flowers that you see outside, man, uh, what makes uh, these flowers, man, spring up uh, during the springtime? And one little girl raised up her hand and said, hey, God does it. But hey, a little fertilizer helps. Fertilizer helps. You know, witty child there but 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 here's here here's the reality here's what happens a lot of times in church life hey and well in life in general hey we love to give the praise and adulation to the fertilizer over the one that created the fertilizer and the flowers hey the call for us is to understand hey because jesus is creator man he deserves all the praise all the adulation all the glory right and it ought to humble us Right? We're not self-made. We're not the product of our own greatness. Man. As Acts 17 tells us, it's by the Lord Jesus Christ and in him that we live, move, and have our being. He's the one that strengthens us. He's the one that created us to be able to do that. what we're called to do. It's all about him. All about him. And so understand that, Je- understand that Jesus Christ is more than just your homeboy, but that he's the creator of the whole universe, creator of you and me. Right? It moves us from, man, flippant faith to Man of faith, man that chooses to honor and give honor to the one to whom it's due. Jesus Christ is creator. And then third subpoint we see here, Jesus Christ existing from the beginning. It means this, that Jesus Christ is provider. Provider. John highlights that in him was life and the life was the light of all men. That word life, zoe, appears 36 times, man, in the book. And it means this simple fact that, hey, Jesus Christ, right? He uh, is the creator that provides physical life, right? He is the redeemer that provides spiritual life, right? And he is the savior, hey, that provides eternal life for all who choose to trust in him. He is a provider, provider. And hey, he's the one that provided man, the light for us to be able to see our need for him and for us to choose to respond by coming and trusting in him. He is a provider. Hey, Jesus Christ existed from the beginning. Do you believe that? Believe it. He existed from, and that's important to know. Hey, it's important to understand that Jesus Christ is God. 100% God. 
And then secondly and lastly, we'll keep moving here. We see that, first off, we see the real Jesus, man, existed since the beginning. Secondly, we see here this, that the real Jesus entered earth, entered and lived on earth. The real Jesus entered and lived on earth. Right, John, the apostle in verses 6 through 8, right, gives testimony to uh, John the Baptist and his role and him coming uh, as a witness to bear witness of the fact that uh, this Jesus, right, is coming uh, to live. And then in verses 9 through 18, he speaks to this reality that Jesus came to earth, came to earth. Man. Hey, it speaks of Jesus's humanity, humanity. I love what. One of the commentaries says in regards to uh, Jesus' entrance, says this, In a small manger in Bethlehem, the eternal Son of God became a man. It's called the incarnation, right? And even if we can't comprehend all that it means, we can affirm the fact that, hey, Jesus existed from the beginning, yet came and lived as a man here on earth. The real Jesus entered and lived on earth. What does that mean? Fairly quickly, it means this, that Jesus took on flesh. He took on flesh. I mean, it says it there. took on flesh. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he took on flesh for the purpose of coming in, helping us. Man, he stepped out and then lived on this. I love uh, the story of the uh, little girl, right, who was trying to fall asleep in the middle of a thunderstorm. And the thunderstorm was raging. She called her dad to come and help. Daddy, come help me. And dad said, hey, God will take care of you. Hey, you, you're good. You're good. Storm kept raging. Girl called and asked for dad to come help. Hey, hey, God, hey, God will help you. Honey, go ahead and go to sleep. Go to sleep. Then the third time, right at storm, hey, daddy, I need help. And the dad said the same thing. Hey, God will come help you. He'll help you. He'll take care of you. And she said, yeah, I know God will take care of me, but hey, I, I need someone with some skin on to come and help me out. Don't miss the picture. Hey, Jesus, man, hey, he took on flesh. Hey, to come and help out a broken people. Hey, the reality is, man, hey, the, the Bible says, man, we fall short. God's glory. There was no way for us, man, to be made right with God. And hey, hey, Jesus stepped out of heaven, man. Put some skin on, man. Born of a virgin. And came and dwelt among us. Man, to help us. To help us. He took on flesh. When Jesus stepped out, he put skin on. He put skin on. He, by the way, he never gave up his deity. The theological concept known as the hypostatic union. Hey, Jesus never stopped being God when he lived here on earth. He was 100% God and 100% man. Never stopped being God. You say, Pastor Irv, how does that work, man? Wasn't it more of a 50-50 type of thing? No, it wasn't. 100% God, 100% man. And how it worked? I don't know, Sister Natalie. I I can't fathom it. I don't understand it. But that doesn't mean we can't believe it. And he was 100% God and 100% man. He stepped out. Stepped out and dwelt among us. Dwelt among us. There was a heresy that uh, was popular in the first 
century church and, and, and also was debunked right around the 4th century called uh, docetism, which basically means that uh, a lot of folks believe that Jesus just uh, uh, seemed to be a man. You know, He was always God, but he just kind of seemed to exist in human form. He didn't actually live here. Actually exist. There's some that believe that, you know, Jesus, man, was, you know, came in the form of some kind of animal or lizard or something. And none of those things are true. And, hey, he took on flesh and dwelt among us. And, hey, it's imperative as believers, man, to understand that reality, that Jesus Christ, man, took on flesh for us. Because, hey, if he didn't, There'd be no means for us to be made right with God. Sacrifice. Hey, if he didn't take on flesh, man, he he wouldn't be able to understand and sympathize with our weaknesses here in the flesh. Be our faithful high priest. We've got to understand that Jesus Christ, hey, he took on flesh and dwelt among us. Hey, think about that. The eternal son of God, man, came to take, take on flesh. For you. What love. What love. Jesus Christ was not some cosmic angel that lived here. He was fully God who came, was born of a virgin, man, and came to dwell among us. And secondly and lastly here, we see, you know, him coming and living here on earth. Right, we see this reality, man. Jesus Christ, man, the reason why he came was to make a way for us to be a part of his family. This answers the why, man, why he came. Why he came. Why he took on flesh, man, was to make us be able to become a part of his family. Hey, because he came and died, man, payment for our sins is made available. Hey, forgiveness is made available because he came. Peace is made available. Because Jesus came. Hope is available because Jesus came. Hey, a way back to the Father is available because Jesus came. Because he came and lived among us, man. Hey, all those things are available for those who choose to trust in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 puts it this way. Paul writes it like this. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Hey, Jesus Christ came, man. Hey, not, not to set up his own kingdom the first time, right? Man, hey, hey, he came to lay his life down so we could become a part of his kingdom. Hey, he's, come, he's coming the second time to set up his own kingdom. He's going to reign and rule forever. He's coming soon. Hey, but the first time he came, he took on flesh. Man, so that we, man, could become a part of his family. What, what love? What kind of love? Who would do that? Brother Christian, I know myself, man. I don't, I'm not worthy for someone to lay their life down for me. But Jesus did that. Hey, no matter how broken up you are. Hey, no matter how much you know, hey, no matter how messed up you feel like your life has been, 
and he took on flesh and laid his life down for you. What love. And those of us who've been in church long enough, man, hey, we need to be reminded of that reality. And as I say all the time, man, that that reality ought to not never grow too old for us. Man, hey, may God forbid that we grow too old of this gospel message that Jesus died for. Hey, may God forbid, Brother Devin, that we get to a place in our spiritual life where, hey, this message of the gospel, man, it it, it doesn't apply to us anymore. Hey, because we've been in church long enough, Brother Rick, because we know all the stuff. Hey, man, what John talks about here, this real Jesus, man, may God forbid that we forget that even now as we're growing in Christ, man, hey, we still need to be reminded that he took on flesh for us. Hey, that the gospel message, man, helps sustain us, sustain us as we walk with him. Man, the Lord knew that following the law, man, couldn't make it possible for us to become a part of his family fall short or mess up. He knew that ascribing to other philosophies and traditions couldn't help us become a part of his family. So he decided, man, to step out, take on flesh and dwell among us. Hey, so that we as, what it says in verse 18, can receive grace upon grace. Man, if you're thankful for grace, shout amen. 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 Hey, grace upon grace. It's been given to And so the question is, man, which Jesus are you following? Hey, do you know the real Jesus? The end of this book and the other Gospels, we see when Jesus uh, is arrested, is betrayed, and is headed to the cross. There's a scene there, you can find it in, in John chapter 18, end of John chapter 18 through the beginning part of John chapter 19 in this gospel. Scene there where Pilate brings up Jesus the Christ, right, and brings up a uh, zealot, an insurrectionist named uh, Barabbas, which uh, uh, many scholars will tell you his name is Jesus Barabbas. And Pilate gives the decision to the crowd on who they wanted to choose to release to them. And the crowd that was there, it says that they shouted, hey, we want Barabbas. We want Barabbas. Sadly, that crowd, hey, they chose the wrong Jesus. They chose the wrong Jesus. And by the way, they got exactly what they asked for. Say, Pastor Irv, how how do you know that? About 30-some-odd years later, Jesus Barabbas, being an insurrectionist, right? There were several zealots that tried to lead an insurrection of the people of Rome and got flattened. The temple got destroyed. And they lived in a mess for a while. Hey, the question is, which Jesus are you going to choose to follow? And here's the deal. Hey, whatever Jesus you choose to follow, hey, you're going to get exactly what you ask for. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jesus, the Christ in him, man, hey, there is hope. 
there is life, there's peace. Not saying your life's going to be, you know, rosy all the time, right? But even in the midst of it, man, hey, there is hope, there's peace, there's satisfaction. But hey, choosing any other counterfeit Jesus, yeah, you, you're going to get exactly what you ask for. Live a life like those prophets of Baal. Remember them in 1 Samuel 18 in Mount, on Mount Carmel? Said that they cried out to their fake gods all day and no one heard, no one answered, no one moved. Hey, which Jesus are you going to choose? 